Archers, attack! Keep firing! Let none escape! Another down! Do not relent! Our haters said we couldn't do it. Our detractors said, episode 2? No way. Not gonna happen. And here we are, boys. Straight out of the Scarlet Halls and on the salty streets of Boralis. Do not relent. Episode 2 is ready to go. I'm Slide Whistle. I'm Aaron, Fire Mage Extraordinaire and Horde Punching Bag. And I am Immunization, everyone's favorite sexy space goat. Alright, so we did it, guys. We made it. Episode 2. How you guys feeling? Uh, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. Let's say we wrap it up with this one. Just keep it just keep it to a tight two. Yeah, let's just end it while we're ahead of the game. Well, thank, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm I'm going now. I'll stick around. So this week in WoW, I I think I did a little bit of everything. I I tried to dabble in uh, I think I touched every single thing except for the incursions. But I don't think those are up yet. Do you guys know if they're up yet? From from what I saw last night when I logged on, which unfortunately has been the only time this week because I'm a loser, um, I did not see them up, or at least did not see people talking about them. I also didn't see them up, but I wasn't looking for them because I had enough other things that I needed to catch up on. See, I missed a raid yesterday because I had a Christmas party and I was passed out drunk. Uh, Aaron, I was you playing. Yeah, I was playing eight point one, and then I'm like, because also I had a really weird day at like my human job, so I was like, I don't really want anything stressful tonight, so. I just did the scenario, and I'm like, that's all I really need to do tonight. It was not a great day for Aaron the human, let alone Aaron the WoW player. We all have those days. Isn't that a Lincoln Park line? Just one of those days. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those days. You don't want to wake up. Everything sucks. And that's a, uh, <laughs> that is a limp biscuit line. Oh, that's right. Not Lincoln Park. Oh, jeez. That's okay. 2000s new metal. Alex, do you do anything fun in WoW? Yeah, I played um, last night, and I was at Raid to represent the three of us. Um, kind of uneventful. We didn't full clear because a lot of people were missing, and it was a little bit of a sad night. 8.1 really hit a lot of people hard, it felt like. It felt like no one no one was healing as much, no one was doing as much damage, fights were sloppy. I don't know if there were any secret patch notes or something, but those bosses were harder than they were last week. Hmm, interesting. So we're going to be doing things tomorrow night, or at least Thursday night now, because you said it wasn't a full clear. Yeah, we made it all the way up to Zool still. Um, So I guess we'll start at Zool if we do decide to raid. I think there were a lot of healing. Uh, a lot of the healers got hit pretty hard, right? I know Disc got nerfed. Uh, Holy got nerfed a little bit too, right? Yeah, Disc basically got nerfed to like, in the grave. Uh, so luckily, Lin is switched off disc and he's druid now. Uh, but also, Holy Priest, what I play, got nerfed quite a bit as well. Not as much as disc, but noticeably so. It was nerfed, yeah. Damn. That sucks. Hopefully, we can down something on Thursday. Because I know <laughs> Thursday's normally our day where you know, we have less people. Um, I, I should be there, but my range damage is still, still learning. Um, well, I hate to tell y'all, but uh, it looks like Fire Mage only did better things. 
in 8.1. That said, uh, nothing, it's only because they only changed one thing. Meteor goes for 0.5 seconds longer on the ground. Hey, that patch of burning flame is a lot of, a lot of stuff though. I think I'm probably also not going to just be a permanent fire mage because they nerfed frost kind of unnecessarily, I feel like. Like, now we, our slung potential is, like, a lot less. Is Was that just to combat PvP? Because, like, it was such a shutdown? I think that they're actually doing all of their balancing around Mythic Plus because of their Mythic Plus Invitational and stuff. It feels like whenever something... Because I guess Frostmage is, like, the one of the go-tos for AoE maps. Just because they can slow everything. You can kite things a lot easier. We have crazy uh, raid damage or AoE raid damage. So mm -hmm. it seems like to make things more balanced and to make people pick more, I guess, like different classes. My theory is that they're stretching it out like this, that way the other classes get played. But I guess if that was true, then Blood Decay would get nerfed because that's all anybody really wants for tanks. Because they're ridiculous. I won't lie. I wanted Fire Mage, being a lifelong Fire Mage, to get more play, but not like this. I just I wanted it to be like the cool one, not the only one they haven't nerfed. Yeah, this happened in Legion too, where people basically came crawling back to fire because Frost got nerfed. So, hey, Arcane's always there, guys. Boo! I can't learn another spec. There's too many. If if you can teach me the ways of Arcane, which I hear is two buttons, is that true? Hey, there's a lot of finesse with one pressing these two or three buttons. <laughs> Gotta send those purple swirlies flying. It's just all into arcane missile, right? That's the the end all be all for all arcane combos. Well, a lot of the spec is like mana management. You have to mm -hmm. like decide when you want to do your full burn phase and blow all your cooldowns for maximum damage. But yeah, you never hard cast arcane missiles. You always wait for it to proc. Pew 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 pew. Speaking of mages, time warp. Oh, oh, wow. That was going to be quick. Oh, boy. Uh, you know what? I've had it burning on the tips of my little fingers here, and uh, I'm ready. <laughs> so for all of those in the audience who, I mean, it is only episode two, you may not know. Time Warp is a special challenge that one member of the podcast can call and challenge the other two members. Uh, a test of strength will happen for 40 seconds, and the loser of this game has to take one shot of the Nasty Devil's Juice. Or the Yummy Devil's Juice. Yummy! So what do you got in store for us this week? Hopefully I don't panic like last week. Oh god. I recently was leveling a character through AU Draenor, and I thought, oh, there's so many cool orc clans here. Can you guys name them all? Oh, no. Like right now? Are we going yet? Oh, fuck. I'm just thinking if I can even name one. We have so much start time, I get ahead, and I'm not getting anything done. And get ready. Go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what were the ones that had that whole dungeon around them? Oh my god. 
I can see all their well, tappers. Okay, one of them is the Frost Wolves, right? Is that they're still a thing, I think, in AU. Uh, the Frost Wolf Clan. Shadow Moon? No. I think it's a place. Fuck. Um, there is. <sighs> Black Claw? Black Fang? The something. The one handed man who Cadgar was like, and one. Does that count? Does that count as a response? His black. Oh. Wow, really? Forty seconds. <laughs> was that? Wait, was that it? Yeah, that was it. It's a what? ding damn five. One each. Are we? Are we zero? Oh, we both got one. Wait, Alex. Alex got Frostwolf, which is Duratan's clan and the clan of Thrall. And Felipe got Shadow Moon. Which is the magic users of Draenor. We still have time, wow. but I still can't fucking think of any. Like, I can see their colors, I can see the people who lead them. If you had to think of them, it'd probably go Blackrock, Blacktooth, Bleeding Hollow, Bone Chewer, Burning Blade, Dragon Maw, Frostwolf, Laughing Skull, Machnathal, Shadow Moon, Shattered Hand, Storm Reaver, Thunderlord, <laughs> Lightning's Blade, Twilight's Hammer, Warsong, and then the, the beta builds. Blade Wind, Dark Scar, Flower Picker, Necrolite, Ra- Rage Roar, Red Walker, Searing Blade, Warlock, Kill Sorrow, and White Claw. Those aren't real ones. Those are all real. And none of them memorable. Yep. Oh, man. I mean, I was close with Black. I said I said the Shatter Hand. You, you of, did. Said... You said you said Black Hand, and I'm like, just just get to Black Rock or Black Tooth, please. Wait, so now what do we do? Do we have a tiebreaker? Is there a tiebreaker? I think because we both did so horribly, we both need to take a shot. I guess, but the tiebreaker could be fun. Okay. I have <laughs> I have a tiebreaker that I am just now coming up with. The first person to get this character's name does not have to take their shot. Okay, I'm ready. Thrall's grandmother. (laughs) Gamma Thrall. (laughs) Mrs. Gam's Thrall. Thralla. Thralina. With two eyes. Thrall's grandmother? Who the fuck's Thrall's grandmother? Karen. Susan. Julie. Judy. Mrs. Thrall. Mr. Thrall. Juniper. <laughs> really? Canterbury. Uh, I actually don't know this. Uh, Thrall's first love. Agra. 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 Before her. Oh, there's someone before her? Thrall's a hoe. Alright, I think we're just taking our shots now. I think, <laughs> I don't think we're getting out of this one. I don't know. I apologize to everyone involved in this. No, I don't. Oh, he's, he's, he's pulling horde shit out. I don't care about horde shit. Great Mother Gaia, or Gaia, uh, was his the grandmother's fuck? name. The fuck and is then that? Teresa Foxton. Who the fuck? These aren't real people. Those are real! Great Mother Gaia taught him how to do, uh, I was about to say hood shit, but how to do <laughs> sh- shaman shit. And Teresa Foxton was the human he ha- fell in love with, and then he got her head as a trophy. I guess, but like, what if he loved somebody in between her and when he was a baby? I said, I said his girl. Fair what enough. Someone, what if, what if his mom was his first love? He never even met his mom. You know the canon. You can still have. So do I. <laughs> he <laughs> met his point. mom and then had to 
actively help murder his mom. Alright, I'm drinking the shot. I give up. Okay, me too. I had a whole page dedicated to this. I had two markers ready to actively mark. I'm like, it's gonna be Ugh. flying. They're gonna be getting so many. No way, dude. I don't know. I don't know horse shit. Fair enough. Laughing skull is. I I can see their their tabard in my in my mind's eye, but uh, obviously couldn't think of their names. We really should have gotten Black Rock, like Black Rock Foundry, right? Yep. Speaking of horde. I think I have confirmation that the Horde are the bad guys. I mean, they've always been, but what is what is the official confirmation? I want you oh, did this hit you? I yeah. want you guys to think about every fantasy world that exists. Okay. Do you guys see it in your head? Mm-hmm. I want you guys to imagine two sides at war. Okay? You have the bad guys who are either like chopping down trees. Or burning stuff. And then you have the good guys who, if they have uh, sentient trees on their side, they're the good guys. You got Lord of the Rings. You got the Ents. Uh, you got of Might and Magic. The true people join uh, the, uh, the Elven faction who are the good guys. There are never any like bad trees in wars. This is true. Like Nature always tends to be on the if good side. If you fight nature, you're an asshole. You're a dick. Yeah, you know what? I've tried to stay and be like, you know what? There's appealing parts to either one. More and more, I'm like, yeah, the the things I hear some of the NPCs say now, I'm like, good people don't say that. Like, <laughs> at 8.1, I'm back in Lordero or whatever, and a Forsaken comes at me and he's like, babies will scream! And I'm like, I don't know what the equivalent of that would be on the other side. Like, don't step on the trees. What? What is? What is the the night elf equivalent for? The babies will scream, and we will gas your loved ones. I don't think there is one. I think that's exist. also the thing too. Is that the night elves when they fight are using like bows and arrows and tree roots. When when you're using poisonous gas, I think you're the baddies now. <laughs> this is true. Like, there's no getting around it. You guys are the bad guys. I'm assuming you guys both did the Warfront, right? The the Darkshore Warfront? Yeah, I did it last yes. night. I got a very nice dress. Hey, I got the robes too. Ooh, I love those robes, though. Like, the cloth robes. I don't know, like, I, at first when I saw them, thought that it was just, like, a scandalous, just bra top, but I figured out, when talking to you guys earlier, that it was just a white, like, undergarment under the, the, like, purple bra, but I didn't realize this because it was a very identical color to my drain eye skin tone, so it just looked like a, a bikini bra thing. Ooh. <laughs> you should... You should... Post picture of that for the Twitter. <laughs> you can oh yeah, yeah. Don't 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 worry. Our like two fans, you'll see it on Twitter later. Also, this is the first time we're all playing clothies together, so we all actually know what the items look like. Yeah, we could we can chat about it during the day. Like, girl, I just got the moon crescent headpiece that said I do really want the moon crescent headpiece. How how will it feel to finally have a headpiece that doesn't clip awkwardly on Grell? You know. I mean, I have a few, but the fact that maybe two out of every five of them does that, I'm always still appreciative to get some more. Right now I have a big purple crystal that just kind of no clips off the back of my head. Yeah, I don't know if, like, with the new updated Worgen models, there will still be these problems. I 
assume so, right? That's the that's my biggest question is so I have obviously the eyes are coming in. They're big and expressive. They're like panda eyes. And they're changing the mouths now so they can actually do expressions other than like a Billy Idol smear. But more so than any of that, the thing that always got me was the huge mane. And I don't know how they can fix that. As much as it pains me to say, I think that I won't be able to wear any helmets because my head will still be shaped like that. Yeah, and it just kind of comes with what their model is and what it looks like, I guess. Unless they want to do the thing that, like, some of the, like, female humans have where all of their hair just disappears. Like, you can't really make a whole mane disappear. Yeah, it's just too much. And then I feel like the body is weird. The body is designed in proportion for you to have, like, a huge lion mane. Yeah, I I don't know. But Worgen just have the weirdest heads. <laughs> They're just so bizarre. And, like, you guys can't even wear the top hat yet, right? Like, they have a top hat you can get. But I don't think it's transmogable, right? No, it's a great item you can only get during your time at the beginning of Gilneas. I don't even know if you can have it on your worgen. Or maybe you can. I've I've seen fresh worgen, like level 7s, show up and they have it. But you can't T-mog it because it's a great item. I don't get why they... Like, there's some of the stupidest shit in this game that you can transmog to. And it's like, this cool top hat? Nah, sorry. You want you, you want to have a, an awesome fish mace? <laughs> Here you go. Go on ahead. If we're talking about stupid shit that you cannot transmog all year round, why can I not use those really, really cool goggles from the anniversary event? Like, yellow ones, remember? I know! Those, those were super cool! They fucked us. It's, it's even, I mean, I guess they consider that an event. Like, it's one thing like, ah, oh, my, my Santa Claus outfit. It's like, well, I still feel like you should be able to do that anytime. But I guess that kind of makes sense. But nothing on those goggles is indicative of, like, anniversary other than the fact that everyone knows they're for the anniversary. So just give it, give it to me the whole time. They're just sparkly goggles, and I think there are purple ones the year before. It's like, they're just goggles. Like, like I guess, because you really don't want to have that the fashion clash of too many dumb-looking items, am I right? Whereas I'm running around in my dwarf in, like, naked plate armor and a shovel, barefooted, swinging <laughs> around on trolls. Like, how is that any different? Tell me, Blizzard, how? Are you telling me my orange thigh highs with purple middle school arm bracelets and huge witch hat aren't super serious i take pride in that look um let's just dive right into the darkshore warfront what did you guys think of it you you guys both ran it right yes yep aaron what do you think i like that it is more compressed i feel like um it's you're physically moving for like the first half of it like you're always running up my ev is like oh go hit that thing and then you hit it and you're running and you're actively chasing them back and it's only about halfway does she like sit you down and she's like okay now it's gonna be a war front but it never really felt like it didn't feel nearly as stagnant as a rathy basin has always felt so I, I actually saw a reason on why this might be, and it might get fixed soon. Oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, this Warfront, you can run it without having to do any of the turn-ins. So it's either a totally different system of a Warfront, or it's bugged and you don't have to do turn-ins. I think it honestly, I'm hoping that it's just like you can skip turn-ins because people were saying that they were able to finish it in 15 minutes, and that's pretty short for a Warfront compared to Arathi. I saw 
like horde forces coming down the road and they were beating us up. So maybe if like you're a team of 15 super high level cool guys, but I know my line, we were like actively fighting. We were getting all the turn ins and I just felt like it was really cool. Maybe I played it wrong, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I hope that they don't patch it because I was going to say that I thought that it was paced really well. It didn't feel like it dragged on like Arathi did. And I just felt like we were constantly like doing something. I still turned things in. I feel like other people did too. And I felt like it was definitely a warfront, but I feel like it didn't drag as much as Arathi, you know? When you guys played, were you guys playing an active role in the in the bombing of the ships? You guys know what that is? Yes, when you when you jump on the bat. Yeah, I noticed there were only so many bats to go around. Like, I was able to ride a bat. It was the last bat I think it was available. Did you ride any bats immune? No, I I was going to ask, what bats? I didn't even see any bats during my experience, I don't think. Like, I think it was basically, like, three-fourths of the way to the end. They were bat riders who you would kill the rider, and the bat would just be in line with a corpse in the ground. And then you would click on it, and then you would somehow ride it. So it wasn't dead, it was just, like, I guess, dazed. And then you spend the next, like, six minutes flying around in a circle, bombing these boats with really, like, low-hitting uh, bat spit and acid. I think that there are glaives that are on the ground as well that are hitting them. Yeah, the, the glaive throwers are on the beach actively pelting the boat. Yeah, that was the only point when it was kind of, like, quote-unquote time-gated, because people were like, what do we do? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm spitting on it, I'm a bat, I'm, I'm spitting ooze in the boats. And they were like, what? So it was only like five of us, I think, who were able to do it. Ours took extra long because I know I and at least one other guy. So there's three options. There's like big spit, little spit, and three. And I was like, well, what's three do? And as I hit it, I saw it was a white flag. Like uh, 30 seconds into it, a guy and I fly back and then our bats <laughs> fly away. So no. I was like, oh, damn, no. So we were on that beach for a while, which may be... The reason I'm the only one who saw Delarin or whatever show up. Yeah, I mean, I also felt like I spent a lot of time on the beach because that's where a lot of our group was. So I was just hanging out with all of them, healing them, and a lot of them were taking some damage. So maybe Delarin was there attacking them, but I feel like it wasn't ever fully announced that we were fighting her. Was she there? I don't know. Yeah, she didn't even get a talking head. Like I said, it just so happened I was coming out from the trees from my bat adventure and I saw her, and, like, I held my hand up and squinted. I was like, oh, there she is. And then she had some line about, like, a loon will lead you to failure. And then a couple seconds later, she fell over. All right, so now that we've talked about the gameplay, let's talk about the story of this. Because I kind of didn't like a lot of the things that were presented in this Warfront. I feel like there were a lot of weird missteps that I feel like don't make a lot of sense to me. How do you guys feel about what happened down in the lore? Okay, so let's, I guess, start with the scenario that we had to run with the Ascension of Toronto, I guess? Is that where we should start? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that one was, I had, that one was fine for me, I feel like. Do you have any problems with it, I mean? Do you have any gripes? No, I felt like that overall was okay, like, in the way that it was executed. I feel like Taronda, during the beginning of it, came off looking really strong and powerful. I thought, I, okay, I did think it was weird that that um they showed Taronda coming up to Anduin being like, Hey, help us out, send us some troops our way so that we can take back our homeland. And then Anduin was like, nah, we can't do that. And then Gen all of a sudden was like, oh, but we're going to help them. And then Anduin's like, yeah, sure. But I thought that the Gilneas fleet was like at least a decent portion of the Alliance forces. So I don't know. 
I thought that was weird. Like I've always said, the the Gilneans and to a lesser extent the Worgans are like a large part of the on the ground forces. I would say between between humans and Draenei, those are like the big three you always see in a melee fight. I forgot that I actually hated that part of the of the story. I did not like that Anuin was like Taronda, I'm so sorry. We cannot spare a soul. We can't spare a body. We're losing everybody. She walks away and Ken's like, Hey, Andy, I'm going to send my boys out to go help. And Andy was like, That is fine. I'm like, What? She, you just said you he, couldn't send anybody. He's got to support his Auntie Jaina. I feel like it was meant to show that like he's still a young leader and doesn't fully have control over everything that's happening, maybe. But like we get it, like it's this is like the like the ninth example of that. If that's I don't know, I feel like Gemma would have been like, "Hey, is this cool?" Like he just did it. He was like, "You know what? Fuck this shit. I'm gonna do it." And he said like, "My wife would kill me," but it's like she has asthma from the fire. She's not gonna make it anyway. She'll be fine. Good old what's her name? Uh, Mia. Mia Greymane. <laughs> All I know is I saw the Grey Guard there, and they had some cloaks that I had never seen before. So I am all in on those being part of the Gilnean armor set. But more than cloaks, what else did they have, Aaron? Oh shit! Uh oh, here had, we go. Here we go. <laughs> they had names, baby. Ah! So, <laughs> so I was running around the thing, and I was actively helping out. I was killing horde. Then all of a sudden, I rolled up on two worgen who had names. He's so which, excited, you can hear it in his voice. <laughs> which, shout-outs to my my folks, Oliver Hopewell, Jane Black, Tom Bray of the He's Black Moon. He's naming all of them, Because no. I, I sat there and took a photo of each one when I found them. Celestine of the Harvest and Keeper <laughs> Verdon. I, I actively, we were on the beach fighting people, and I saw the Worgen, I think they were called Gilnaet Musketmen, come in, and I'm like, hell yeah. I was fighting next to them, and then there was a weird glitch where they turned into Gilneans and did the scared running away motion. Hmm, so like when they were firing, they were Worgen, though? Yeah, when they were using their guns, they were Worgen. And then when, like, Delarin died or we had to go to the boat, they turned into Gilneans and did this, like, the fear runaway motion. I can tell you why, dude. Why? It was a flashback to the Second War. Oof. But no, I am very excited. Uh... There was a, there was a moment when Tyrande was like like defend me while I incant like I do my incantations and you fight with Maev and some night elves whatever it's night elves. I think it is so weird that Maev and Tyrande are on such good terms considering Tyrande literally killed like a whole bunch of sentinels to free Illidan. I mean it was a while ago, but like they're still night elves. So you don't forget this. I shit. am so over the sentinels. This. With the loss of Serum Moonglaive or whatever, this is, or Moon Warden, this is like our eighth Sentinel we're supposed to be surprised turned to the dark side. Whatever training they have is worth nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they did kind of address the tension between Tronda and Maev, though. Like, when, they, when we were all on that boat going, I think it was during just the scenario, right? Not the warfront, when we were in the boat, and... Tronda was like, Maev, I leave you in charge of everyone. And then Maev was like, but 
why do you trust me so easily after our past history? And then Toronto's like, I basically, basically along the lines of, I don't really have much of a choice, and like, this is what we need to stand together for. I think at this point, there's kind of like, we only have so many night offs that are important. Because don't forget that Maev and her brother Jared are working together. And it was in that Richard Knack book where I think that Maev literally tried to kill Jared Shadow Song, her brother. So, like, yeah. there's a lot of weird, like, blood history that's just kind of like being erased, I feel like. Not, I mean, I guess it was addressed between those two, but like, Maev has to fucking hate Toronto after what happened. But I guess if the Night Elves can come together to have their shit together, then I guess we can. You know who really had their shit together, though? I don't know her name. I didn't check. But in, like, the the second area, there was just a super bubbly Night Elf druid. And in, like, the middle of all this fighting, she's like, you scratch my back? I'll feral scratch yours. And I'm like, fuck yeah! If you can have a good time, we can all have a good time here. And like everyone, everyone in everyone in my thing was like, "Oh, I love her. She's so sassy. She's making jokes at a time like this. She's just loving her life. She's she's living her best life over there. She's throwing a rager underneath the Ancient of War. Like fuck yeah, let's fuck them up." I would say I also didn't like how when Sia Moon Warden was raised, she was all of a sudden like, fuck a loon, fuck the Alliance. And it's like, because when, when you're raised as an undead, wasn't isn't the whole point that you still have that free will? Like, isn't that a big defining point of it? She wasn't super about Alun even. Like when you land a uh, good archer, I don't it's not Delarin, the other archer, is like like may Alun guide us. And Sierra has some sort of like comment like Alun has not paid attention to us since she let our tree burn. And then on on the beach, it's kind of distant and I don't think it goes like it's like a vocal line, but you can hear her say like where is she? So I think she was really, really depending on Taronde to not, like, slash RP walk the entire way like she did and come and rescue her. To be a Sentinel, you have to have so much training. And uh, she has been around since, like, Cataclysm. It's really fucking weird to be like, oh, I now serve the Banshee Queen. But it's like, do you? Like, she killed your friends and your family and burned your tree down, and because Taronde RP walked, you're gonna all of a sudden be like, I'm gonna kill all the Alliance, including you, Champion, who's helped me for so fucking long. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's right or anything, but one of them, I don't know if it was Sierra or Delarian, one of them, had a line when you first encounter them in the instance saying something along the lines of, oh, we waited for so long out here on the beach fighting against the Forsaken, and not you, not Alun, no one came to help us. Just doesn't feel like a very good reason from their whole upraising. You know what I mean? Like, they've had so much. I don't know. I just think the Night Elves are drama queens and maintain that the Sentinel program, whatever it is, does not breed loyalty into these people. Also, are all Sentinels Night Elves? Yes, Sentinels are... They're all Night Elf women. I mean, like, I guess you if you didn't know, you I guess you wouldn't know because they're in full garb. But yeah, yeah, they're all... They're all yeah, because when I was running the scenario, I turned to Slide and I was like, oh yeah, I forget that Maev is a Night Elf. And I would just like, I'm nodding, but like, who doesn't know that? I mean, I didn't know. I It took a... Not that I really cared. Like, I saw like Maev and I was like, oh, that's neat. Or no, actually, I'm sorry. I saw Cordana Philsong in... Watch. I'm like, I'm like, that's Cordata. neat. 
Yeah, another wonderful sentinel turned to the dark side on okay, that's, like, that's, a whim. That's only two. Can you name a third? Uh, pretty much every group. Well, Maev and pretty much Maiev's all of her followers. Maev is. But she tried to kill Malfurion. That in makes the, sense. In the Richard Knack book. She's not bad. Also, it's a Richard Knack book, which I know I used as an example earlier. But she's not bad. She's complicated. When it comes to killing Horde, she's in. All, all the people under her employ tried to kill the ruling Nidal family because, like, I think we could do it better. That's not an excuse to try and murder your superpower leaders, the guy who invented druidism. Listen, he was snapping for too long, and if you asked half the WoW fan base, I think all of them would agree. I still, I do think his voice actor needs to put some more oomph into it now that he's energetic, or now that he's like a badass. His voice acting in the in the first little scenario was bad. Was that Malfurion? I feel like his voice actor just needs to treat every moment as if he was Xavius pretending to be Malfurion because he showed so much emotion. Then where did it all go? He was we. He was, he was just like champion i'm going to need your assistance here and it's like whoa where's your where's your hutzpah like where's your oomph like there was no like exclamation mark at the end it was just like i'm sleepy i'm gonna go back to sleep he's been in the series for forever since they started talking warcraft 3 and it still sounds to me just like someone's old p-pop got brought into the booth like oh champion welcome to Warcraft of World. I think he was, he was, I didn't have a problem until this scenario. I thought he was fine before then, but in this one, he seemed like he was just super flat. And maybe, like, they didn't have, like, fun little effect to put on his voice this time around, but I was like, what's going on here, dude? Are you alright? My only other gripe, and this is a very minor one, I don't know if you guys ran into it, when you're fighting Nathanos and the Angels, he uses, they use an attack on you, that like binds you in a purple chain and then it made the entire screen black and apparently Malfurion goes and does something to Nathanos that's like very important but I say apparently because my entire screen other than like a orb around my character was black and I had to run the scenario twice so I'm just assuming that's what it's supposed to be did your graphics card fail because I don't remember that happening at all do you immune I also don't remember that happening no I wish I had video of it. Yeah, it was like they get you in a chain, they talk for a little bit, the entire screen goes dark, and I had to hover over Nathanos and Malfurion and click on them to be like, oh, Malfurion's here. I can kind of hear him. And then the screen like shoots back to normal when the angel dies, the Valkyrie dies. You see the Valkyrie die, like it gets hit, it goes down, and they like run away. And then I guess I don't remember a black orb, but apparently from the horse side, what happens is, is they hop on a on a mount and they fly away about 10 feet away from where that just happened to their camp apparently you can see the corpse of the valkyr from where they fly to <laughs> so it's like Taronda's like malfurion do not follow him and it's like bitch why he's weak like you can hop on that right now and kill him all he has is he's a very competent archer with his cousin's body you guys are super juiced with emo juice just get him I mean, I guess, I guess the idea is that Nathanos is also super juiced with emo juice from the Valkyr, but it's like, I don't know. It feels like they kind of gave Tyrande power, and then, but they were like, just like, she doesn't need that much power. Let's make Nathanos the guy who's in a, a stolen body of his cousin as powerful as, as an empowered night elf. 
they went through this whole storyline where they empowered Tyrande, made her not just a powerful night elf, but the night warrior, the most powerful night elf there is that's supposed to take care of all the night elves. And no night elf has ever ascended to this high of power. And she was already pretty powerful before, so I feel like her SR is like another level. I feel like her and then the father of all druidism should wipe out Nathanos, like, who's just some dude? some Just some undead dude. Like, come on. He's so under their league, which is why I was okay with him and Gen scrapping all the time. Because as much as I love Gen, all he is is, like, a very competent hand-to-hand fighter and a tactician. Which, all Nathanos is, is a tactician and a competent bow guy. Once you get anyone who's magic, they lose. We have to talk about that Gilneas squad in the beginning. Yes. Why were they, they were all wearing the Brawler's Guild fist weapon transmog, which I don't know if you notice, Aaron, but all it is is imagine you have your own hands, right? And imagine on your hands you have brass knuckles that end in very sharp claws. Well, I'm assuming they did that because canonically, Oregon claws are sharp and that's what they fight with. But in game, the only hand to hand fighters are monks and they can't make the monks because that's stupid. I guess you're right, because then they have to hit like that. Yeah, I'm assuming they make they make them use the fist weapons as like a stand-in for their worgen claws. But like, I think there are there's an invisible fist weapon that they could have easily given them. There's like slash slash. I'm like, no, but no, we have real hands. <laughs> no, but shout out to that's what I was gonna say earlier. Shout out to that group. It's like, oh, you go to the north flank, and I was like, hell yeah, the north flank are just my boys. Okay, so let's wrap up this. Um, how do you guys feel about the trade-off for Nathanos getting away, but the Alliance just downing one Valkyr? That's basically all we got, right? Yeah, that's all we really got out of it. And then, I mean, Tyrande got a model update, but that's metagaming. She doesn't know she got a better, in my opinion, much better model update. Yeah, she looks good, honestly. The, the Buffon's gone, and I'm very happy. I think this is setting up to take away Sylvanas' power, because she only has, I believe, three Valkyr left. It might even be two Valkyr. No, it has to be three, because she wouldn't send two to the Warfront. Or would she? Who knows? But she only has so much left. So now with this one gone, she loses the power of resurrection for herself and for her people. I think she had six going into BFA, and she's already blown two of them. So she's a third of them down. And for for very little gain, considering Toronto just killed one, and they battle res Derek Proudmore, and he's not a team player right now. So. Oh wait, wait! Did Valkyrie have to die to get Derek Proudmore? Yes. Okay, well then she might only have one left. I think she only had three, so I think she only have one left. So the one that got away is the only one. Her Valkyrie are a mystery to me because she was trying to make more with the the little lantern thing, right? Oh yeah, back in Legion and Stormheim, right? Yeah, because that because that way she would have gotten all of all of A tiers or A tiers uh, Valkyr, and then she would have had like a hundreds more. I have also confirmed that she has one. She Sylvanas is down to a single Valkyr now. Oh, so maybe it was more significant than we might have thought. I didn't know that she burned one for Derek Proudmore. Mm-hmm. For, hi- for him to do nothing. He wakes up and he's like, I hate this, kill me! And she's like, shit! So now she's just stabbing him with a big stick. The stakes have actually been raised then. That's pretty interesting. And I'm kind of here for it. And now, with our live on-the-beach report from the ruins of Lordanel, 
here's our on-the-scene reporter, Growlina. Hello, DNR Nation. This is Growlina sitting on the shores of Lardanel after repelling the Horde. I'm sitting here with Blood Fun, who assisted us in these endeavors. How are you feeling today, Blood? <laughs> LOL, <laughs> is this real? This is very real, Blood. With the adrenaline over, what are your thoughts on this war front? <laughs> LOL, uh, we did it. It's better than the last one. I'd agree, Blood. Arathi isn't that fun for anyone. So have you enjoyed the Warfront system as of yet? Kinda. I don't play them much, though. The gear isn't that good and it takes fucking forever. Oh, I'd have to agree. So in your opinion, what is- Oh! <laughs> when the blood is on the move, we here at DNR will follow and carry out this interview. Thank you for that report, Growlina. And we are back here in the studio in Borealis to finish up our episode of Do Not Relent. So I thought maybe we, since we've already thoroughly discussed the Dark Shore scenario and Warfront, let's just hop into what else we want to talk about about 8.1. So, Slide, do you have anything you want to talk about in particular about 8.1? Guess what I ran today. What did you run today? I ran the Nomergon Pet Battle Dungeon. Oh, how was it? It was hard because I don't pet battle very often. It, the flavor is okay. It's pretty cool. Like, you literally go back and take the elevator down to Nomergon and you do the pet battle. I'm probably one of, like, the only, like, eight people who did it because I feel like it's not on top of, like, everyone's to-do list. But it was okay. One of the rewards is well, there's a guy who would teleport you to uh, one of the pet stores or investors and he'll teleport you to Normarcon in case you want to go back and run the that dungeon over and over again for some reason. Okay, so to run this, how many level 25 pets do I need? You need at least one to even access it. But to beat it, you're going to need at least three, or wait, no, at least 15 for the challenge mode version. So yeah, so probably just like three if you if they're your ideal. <laughs> he did an eye roll, so Probably more than three. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I don't pet battle very often. I think I probably only have two or three max level pets and one or two at, like, 20s. I just don't do it very often. Okay, Aaron, how about you? Do you have anything you want to talk about about 8.1? I'm just going to say, um, I know Blizzard writing has been incredibly hit or miss at the moment as far as, like, things they're setting up, things they're getting ready for. 
One thing that I really enjoyed was in the three story beats you get for the current war campaign, I feel like each one ends on a really cool note that is really telling for something that's going to happen in Siege of Ataldazar. Whoa, did you already run your war campaign part? Yeah, I've already run all three of them. I did it last night. This is a no-spoiler show. I'm sorry, wait, no. This is, a, this is a spoiler show. So if you haven't done it yet, like me... Or I me. I haven't done it either. <laughs> so come on, Aaron, spill that tea. Lay it on us. Tell, tell you what, I won't spill the whole kettle, but I'll put a few drops on the ground here. There Ooh. is... There are some really interesting setups as far as a cool character moment with your two favorite BFA rogues. A showing off of what Jaina will be capable of in the future. And a storyline involving a race I had forgotten pledged its allegiance to the Alliance. And I am really interesting to see how that turns out. You'll know what I mean when you go and run them. But I can say that that's something I'll give Blizzard credit for at the moment. Is very good foreshadowing for the raid that will be coming out in like a month. Oh, we're actually getting good foreshadowing as Alliance for once? That's a miracle. Yeah, because we did we had zero for Uldir. We're just basically like, Magni's like, oh yeah, come here, champions. I, I'll say, maybe I'm just so starved for content and writing of any kind. I'll let you guys be the judge, but I'll oh, say no, that I enjoyed nothing. it. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah, if it's, if, it's, if it's anything better than Brand just going, I guess we should solve it then it's wonderful writing to me. <laughs> Low bar, I guess. All right, Amin, what about you? What's your 8.1 excitement thing? Well, one of the things I've enjoyed so far has been just overall quality of life changes that they've added. So, like, I don't know if you guys have used the Scrapper yet since 8.1 is dropped. Oh, my God. I was, I was going to talk about that, too. Yeah. Go on with what you're saying, but I agree with it. Yeah, so you go up to the scrapper, and now it shows you in the inventory the things that you're able to scrap, which, like, before I just had to go, like, hmm, is this a new item, or is this one that I've had since Legion in my back that I forgot about, or is this something from Draenor that I still happen to have? Is this something from Vanilla? I don't know. Are you kidding me? This is a thing now? Yeah, it shows you the scrappable items. What? And, it, and, it, and it grays out everything that isn't. So the only and I, and it doesn't let you select it, obviously. But so the only thing you see are scrappable items. Oh my god! I'm the world's biggest scrapper. I can't believe this is amazing. I'm actually genuinely excited about this stupid fucking scrapping update. What the fuck? Yeah, which is weird because like I normally just disenchant everything, so I just happen to notice it. I don't go to the scrapper very often, but you know. Damn. Also, I'm going to hijack this to insert myself again. If you're an engineer, you get two amazing quality of life changes. Number one, we get our own goddamn auction house in Boralis, baby. Second Legion. Is that an item or is it just a secret person somewhere now? There's a mechanome man who stands next to the scrapper who's only accessible if you're an engineer. It's, it's the same one who was in Legion because old Dalaran had the same thing. So they brought it back in new Dalaran. So now they're just kind of just like, well, hey, he's back again. So that's great. Then finally, our group, our, our group who's never been able to have a B-Res before because no one has played a Death Knight or a Druid or a Monk reliably or a Warlock. Finally, after years of searching, we have a B-Res, boys. Because Engineer's <laughs> now going to B-Res. Didn't you say it has a 50-50 chance to kill you? We don't know 
what the percentage is, but it does say that there is a chance that the vitality will reverse, which probably means I'm going to die, but I have to do some, some extensive testing or just look it up later. So we have a B res three out of five times. Hey, it's better than zero out of zero times, I guess, for our group. That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, another big quality of life that I'm excited for, although Slide was telling me earlier that it may or may not be a thing currently because there were some problems with how it was brought in, but Blizzard is trying and they will eventually allow for the 7th Legion Honorbound representative to sell us maps that we can send to our alt accounts so that there are flight paths available across the two new continents. So I think what happened was it was available yesterday and I tried to do it today because yesterday I was I didn't play at all um, and I got, I got on today and I go to buy the item and it's not there so I'm like well, well, where is it at? So I, I Google it, and apparently what happened, there was a bug that Blizzard said that they had to remove the item from the vendor. So we weren't able to get it today, or, or I guess yesterday as of like 9 p.m. Central. And it's not in yet. And they said it will be back up soon. So I don't know what that means. Blizzard soon, TMTM. TM. But yeah, I think how it works is you buy it on your main, and you just use it, and then you have that. No, you buy it on your alt. You buy it on your alt. And then you use it, and then you're golden. You have all the all the flight paths that you didn't bother trying to obtain because they're so hard to get. Oh, I I like was on my main and I didn't see it from the vendor, so it probably isn't there yet. I just assumed it was one of those things like the artifact knowledge things in Legion, where you would buy it on your main and mail it to your alt, so they would have it. So you'd have to buy it for all of your alts. But I guess I really don't know since I haven't seen it. It's possible. I also haven't seen it, so I'm in the same boat as you. Okay, well. If no one has anything else to say about 8.1 and things that they like, dislike, now's your time to say. I have a very unfortunate thing that I'm, I don't understand what Blizzard's doing right now. Oh no. They made two big mistakes, I feel like, with 8.1. First of all, did you guys even know that you could delete your keystones? No, because we never ran enough Mythic Plus dungeons, really. <laughs> It's true. it's true. I guess for the last uh, four months, you could delete your Mythic Keystones and say that, like, I had a plus two and Aaron had a plus nine. If I deleted my key and I ran with Aaron and we beat it in the time, I would have gotten a plus eight key. But basically, my key would scale with Aaron's key if I deleted it. And this wasn't a thing in Legion, but it was a thing in the beginning of BFA to about 8.1. So they made it so now you can't delete keys. So you can't get a soft reset on your keys, which I kind of get from the perspective, but at the same time, they would penalize you for doing so. If I deleted my key and I ran Aaron's key and we beat it, I'd get a plus eight key. But then when it comes to the next week's reset, it would deplete my key by one extra uh, level because I deleted that key. So even, even though you had an eight, you'd be getting seven gear? Yeah, if that is how it works. It's been so long since I've, I've ran into the dungeon, because I'm doing all my RBGs, um, that I'm not sure. But basically, yeah, they would add an extra level of, of depletion to it. But instead, they're just like, you know what? Everyone's keys are permanent, and you can't delete them. Which is a change that, like, doesn't really make sense, because if you already had a punishment for it, what does it matter? Yeah, and it's, it's not like you're not running through the dungeon. You're completing it. Yeah. Especially since, like, I feel like if your personal maximum is probably around whatever whoever you're running with is, 
why should you have to grind your whole way back up to whatever you're normally at just because you didn't have a keystone last week when the rest of your group did? But then it also, they also did was they stealth buffed some dungeons. So dungeons that were already hard as fuck, like King's Rest and Underrot isn't that hard, but they still stealth buffed both of those dungeons. So now King's Rest is actually harder than it was before, which is pretty damn hard. We already thought it was pretty hard. So maybe they stealth buffed some raids too, and that's why we had such hard time on Tuesday. Possible, but because Underrot now is like, there was trash you could skip, but now you can't skip it because they gave them stealth detection. And that'd be fine, but these changes, all of them, the keystones, the dungeon buffs, they were not mentioned in the patch notes. They just happened. Ooh, yeah. That's w- that's one thing to make poor choices. It's another thing to try and slip it under people's noses. And people obviously are going to notice. There's so many people playing WoW. So like they got tweeted at, and we were like, well, what's going on with this? And they were answering these. But then they also did another stealth nerf to your Azerite knowledge. Hmm, so it'll be harder to get Azerite levels? So you know how each week our Azerite knowledge gets uh, cut by, th- by 30%, I'm pretty sure it is? So like as, as the weeks go on, and it was meant to be a mechanic to help alts catch up. So say that, because obviously if you have your alt who's starting eight weeks after your main, getting that much Azerite as they would have would take forever. But what they did was they stopped uh, the Azerite cut on, on this patch day. And it wasn't documented in the patch changes. So it took people tweeting at Blizzard and them responding over a tweet where they said, The intent of increasing Azerite knowledge was to provide assistance to catch up and unlock Season 1 Azerite powers. It is now at a level that does so, and it will resume increasing when Season 2 Azerite items begin appearing on January 22nd. That means for a a month, more than a month, our Azerite knowledge will not be decreasing over this next five, six weeks. And so it's going to be just a slog to gain Azerite. And it already was kind of a slog to begin with, at least for us. Well, also, we haven't been farming it as much as some people probably have been. This is true, but it's still, it's just one more reason that, like, people log in. People log in to, like, okay, well, I'm going to get my Azerite increase. I'm going to do my stuff. They're actually giving people less incentive to log in six weeks is a long time it's a long time to have no as right knowledge decrease i just feel like it's a it's a very odd thing to do and give nobody any notice of people only find out from this tweet that came out today they had so much time to let us know and it came out over twitter from warcraft devs twitter account when it's like it should have been in the patch notes with their other undocumented changes that people are not documenting. It seems just kind of shady. I don't know. It's rubbing me the wrong way that they're doing it like this when they can easily just let us know ahead. Of- That's kind of annoying. I see that. It's just dumb because like if you're trying to hide negative things like that because you think you'll get yelled at, you'll get yelled at twice as hard when people find it out. And the most hardcore Wowians are the people who like data mine it and find all those statistics. So just take it on the chin initially, mention it's a thing in patch notes, get yelled at, but then people have time to get used to it. Well, the yelling will probably be happening soon because Ian has a Kostas and uh, Lore. They're going to be doing a, another developer Q&A on the 14th, which is in two days. Yeah, that's real soon, so keep a lookout for that one. 
we'll see what answers they answer, but I feel like they're probably going to be avoiding a lot of the hard-hitting questions that they normally do in the Q&As. I always watch them, but I'm always like, come on, there's got to be some harder-hitting questions than this. Yeah, you're not you're not going to accept any questions that will make you look stupid on your own platform. So they more than likely will not mention it, or if they do, just be very blasé about it. Now that we're wrapping up that little segment, let's just slide on into everyone's favorite segment, the sexiest NPC of the week. Oh, oh. oh. oh baby. So who do we got this week, Aaron? Uh, this week we set our sights all the way back to the mists of Pandaria, to everyone's favorite barefoot fisherman, Nathan Nat Pagel. Oh, <laughs> I mean, ooh. We first encountered Nat six years ago in the Karasang Wilds, just sitting on the side of the shore fishing. And I won't lie to you, gang, my heart was enamored immediately. Here was a man who traveled all this way from a foreign land just to chase his passions. I mean, everyone loves a good seaman, am I right? Ooh, and he has that long rod that's gonna hook me in, baby, let me tell you. Also, he is the sole purveyor of the uh, murky lore. I'm sorry, the mud skunk lore, which um, gets me a plus 10% on all fishing, and uh, that's very beneficial. And also, he's got muscles! Oh! He can grab He can Oof. grab my cod any day. Now, I have to ask the group, who do you think is sexier? I won't be offended if you guys don't want to answer. Nat Pagel or Pat Nagel? Oh, shit. I'm not into that hentai shit. Pat Nagel's Hearthstone card art has so much gross tentacles on him. I don't think so. No, give me Nat Pagel every day of the week. I also got to go with the OG Nat Pagel. And I'll tell you why right now. He's the sexiest NPC of the week. Sexiest NPC of the week. Sweet jazz. But do you know what's better than Nat Pagel's sweet rod? What? I don't know if there can be anything better than that, Rod. How about an open plank? Because let me tell you, Boralus got the best fucking update on Tuesday. They removed that stupid gate that you had to jump over to jump to the boat. Now, they just took out the gate, their stairs going down, and they added a nice little plank and run across and jump. You can make it to that boat with no inter. Forget about the war mode buffs the Alliance got. This plank is the single biggest buff that the Alliance could have gotten. Because now I, without fail, will make it to that boat in, in the Borellis Harbor. I don't have to fly into the water on accident and click on that ladder to get back up to my, my table. Nope. I just, just go right across that plank. I won't lie, I got really used to just kind of <laughs> caravaning off of the side and clicking the rope in midair. I mean, I'm very appreciative for this plank for, for this plank of wood, but I'll miss my mad stunts. Those war mode changes are actually pretty goddamn sickening. I, I did war mode today. I turned it on for the first time in a while on my mage. I was out there doing world quests. I was out there doing the war campaign to catch up on my alt. 
And I feel like we are golden for my one experience out in the wild today. You think they finally gave us the advantage to even up the playing field? Or they fixed something in, in stealth behind the scenes? I was doing my Tortolan quests out there by Cuthra Kojo. Oh, I mean, like, I can barely make it to the shell game without dying. That's what I'm saying. I landed at the shell game i walk i rp walked just to make sure i rp walked up to kojo i played his shell game i walked away and my add-on that has like core detection didn't go off once i then i moved to a world boss that was near the area and every single time i've gone to this goddamn mob there's like a billion horde in this cave at the fight just me and there was nobody there which i guess if nobody was there it would be a bad thing but there were alliance there and no horde there so i i feel like from this solo experience with my 30 percent experience and resource buff we might have a good fix on our hands i'm praying to a loon i'm praying to the light please let it be this way I'm not even looking for superiority, because then we just have another problem on our hands. Just give us a fighting chance and make it even. That's all I'm asking for. Get this. I 1v2'd two druids. That means I'm a baller. I'm balling out. War mode is fixed. I 1v2'd <laughs> two druids. War mode is saved, everybody. Listen <laughs> up. I did it. I, I beat up these guys, so I saved the day. I did it. <laughs> Call it the end game. It's over. We did it. Warboat <laughs> is a miracle. We did it. So I guess we're approaching the end of the pod, right? I guess. I mean, I hate to call it quits, even though I am calling it quits after the second episode, like I said at the top. I, I mean, everything now on, is, we're, we're done. Is this even a podcast? I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's just our victory lap. We won the Emmy. We got it in two. At this point, we're just styling on them. So we will wrap up this little here podcast with our favorite segment of the week. Top two to the week. Slide, what you got? My top two to the week is engineering, getting some more love. The fact that now I can be res people and if I die, oh, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying, trying to do my job. Because let me tell you, I have died mm, five times using my stupid engineering belt where I'm running. And if you use it, it has like a a 1 in 20 chance that your speed belt will shoot you up like 50 feet into the sky and you because I'm a mage I can just slow fall and just slowly fall to the ground so like I never die but it's hilarious whenever it happens because I feel like Immune has watched it happen three times now where I get shot up into the sky and he's like wait where did you go oh yeah many many times I've seen this happen so now the fact that I get to have a second goof em up engineer item where I just probably just blow up trying to rest somebody that's awesome I love it. It's class fantasy, and I'm here for it. Here for that, I will say my top two of the week is probably the cloth set that we are getting from the Darkshore Warfronts. I know we already mentioned it earlier, but I am already thinking about all the hot T-Mog I am going to have in line once I get it all. That's the, the priestess one, right? From the... Yeah, it's the it's a knight priestess uh, cloth set. Like that is literally made for you. I mean, like you're a drain eye, but like that priestess look. Ooh. I mean, purple's my color, so yeah, I I will say yes, it was made for me. As far as my top two to the week, I gotta say a definite revival of the Gilnean race. 
I really feel like 8.1 put us out there. We're in a main war front now. Hopefully that drums up some interest. Also, I will say, not only are there Gilneans, but there's Worgans. And Worgans who stay Worgans, they don't shift between. So I'm definitely excited for a stronger Gilnean presence in the Alliance Army now. Sound the alarm? There are more Worgan than Gen that have names. (laughs) I can't believe it, honestly. I'm ready for their whole island they live on to sink into the sea and Growlina watch as she just waves them goodbye. Classic Growlina. I'm so sorry, but I had to keep the natural balance. Just the two of us. Alright guys, well, I think that's it for our Do Not Relent episode 2. If you have any uh, comments, questions, concerns, uh, cookbooks, porn books, lookbooks, whatever you want to send our way, you can email us at do not relent pod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at do not relent pod. You want to plug anything, now's your chance. Well, you can follow me at New Era Alex on Twitter. As always, I, Aaron, have been at the Big A Cheesy on Twitter. And you can come see my other adventures. We're on Audio Boom, and you can hit us up on iTunes or Twitter at Trade Chat Pod. I do it with my friend and roommate Will, and we have a lot of fun discussing the World of Warcraft community. All right, everyone have a good week. And remember, another down! Do not relent! Do Not Relent is a podcast within the 3HNC Network, representing U.S. Broadmoor's premier podcasts. That was a very good wish. <laughs>